not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. But did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Tara, our guest, film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Hello, everybody. It's Ben Glebe here. You are the Brain Trust. I am the podcaster. The podcast is last week on Earth. You know why that is, right? Because we cover everything that happened during the last week on Earth. News, politics, pop culture, trends. Not because the world's ending. Despite what every headline might make you believe, want you to believe. The world's not ending just yet. I mean, it could. On account of like a lot of like, you know, bullshit blustery talk that happened this week with North Korea and sizes of buttons and whatnot. We cooled the moment. So no need to trip. Them billies just yet. There are more pressing issues. Like, could the world run out of chocolate? At UK Brain Trust posed this frightening question to me and to all of us now. Chocolate, which comes from the cacao plant. A lot of vowels in a short little word. It's from the cacao bean as well. Cacao bean as well. The beans are roasted, cracked, and deshelled to create cacao nibs. The word nibs is oddly uncomfortable for me. Part of me is revolted by it. Part of me a little turned on. These are then sometimes made into a paste through grinding, depending on the supplier. But it takes about 400 or 500 beans to make one kilogram of chocolate. Now, I am not German. I don't know what kilograms are. I don't know the metric system. But I understand it's a lot of cacao plants. They can only grow under certain conditions, which are being placed under more pressure every year due to climate change. Or as President Trump likes to refer to it, that thing that's fake that I pulled us out of Paris for. Also, bring on the global warming. It's cold outside, baby. It's so cold. Outside, please don't go. Please don't go. Babe, I love you so. You understand. And the beans grow in rainforest land within 20 degrees of the equator, requiring a relatively constant temperature, rain, and humidity throughout the year. Under this climate strain we've had recently, over half the world's chocolate now comes from the Ivory Coast and Ghana, but in the future these areas will struggle to produce chocolate. By 2050, rising temperatures will push chocolate-growing regions a thousand feet upwards into the mountains to facilitate cacao growth. Cacao growth, as it's referred to in people who don't have mental problems. It's estimated that 89.5% of the 294 locations that were looked at in these countries will become less suitable for cacao production by 2050. 
So eat your chocolate now, people. You've only got 22 guaranteed years left. I like chocolate. Can I live without it? Yes. Do I enjoy it? Yes. Do I like chocolate ice cream? Yes. Do I like most flavors more than chocolate ice cream? You bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. And the good news in the story is there is still time to adapt. But adaptation will be necessary. Not just for survival on this great planet, but for death by chocolate. That was a tasty water sip. What makes me left-handed, damn it? I inquire. You may or may not know 10% of the population is left-handed. Did you know that? Only 10. There have been several theories over the years about why some people prefer their left hand. Twitter pointed me in the direction of this story. A study from last year over shows it might not be anything to do with your brain, as most people assume it is. Don't judge my brain. Rather, it could be determined by my spinal cord and those of other lefties, because I am left-handed, so you may have deduced by the things I've said so far. While you're in the womb, the wombi. Womb. Womb, short for wombat, according to me right now and no one else ever, and never again will, will it happen. You see, left-handed people haven't always been treated very well throughout history. The story goes on, goes on, goes on. Lefties have been persecuted for their disposition in the past, being labeled as evil. Slow, you damn roll. Even as witches. Okay, maybe. In fact, the word sinister apparently derives from left or left hand. When I masturbate with my left hand, I feel like I'm being jerked off by a Bond villain. Does that? Sexy. Female Bond villain. Is that sharing too much? There have been a few theories about where left-handedness comes from over the decades, including an outdated idea that it's got to do with mothers being stressed while pregnant. Let me just tell you, I was a joy to carry in my mother's stomach or whatever actual female body part that I don't understand I was carried. The urethra, the placenta, the, the wombat, the womb. I got it. It came to me. But apparently it is the spinal cord, not the brain. You see, apparently what happens is uh, by third, by 15 weeks in, in, in the womb, uh, you already are starting to prefer one side, favor one side, use one of your not quite yet existent thumbs over the other, depending upon which way your spinal cord forms. Uh, the motor cortex and the spinal cord not yet connected, but we've already decided what to use um, based on the spinal cord that is starting to finally get its information for forming inside of your inside of your body. Uh, if you don't have a spinal cord, by the way, a lot of people don't realize this, you will be unable to use either of your hands. I made that up, but it sounds very accurate upon re-glancing it through my mind. So, it's a beautiful story, and I don't even know to this day I'm supposed to be left-handed, okay? Because my my handwriting is atrocious with a capital R. That's how bad it is. And people mock me when they read my writing. I like it. It's kind of like a personal code that can be decracked de- and cracked by no one but, but myself. I think in future generations, if they ever see my notebooks... They will think aliens or some Egyptian culture might have visited, like a you know a cave. No offense to current Egyptians, so I'm sure it can write just fine, unless they're left-handed, in which case they're evil, sinister witches like myself. 
But uh, I play sports variety. I kick variety. I eat both. I cut both. A little ambidextrous. So if you're looking for a party, you let Ben Glebe know. I'll come right to you. I bring the party to you. Trump taunt tweets Kim Jong-un. It's a great week for being on the brink of nuclear war again. That's the way you'd like to start your year. It's not my preference, but we have no choice. So I'll take it where I can get it. Um, in a speech, Kim Jong-un said it's not uh, bragging, it's just, or threatening, it's just a fact that I have a nuclear button on my desk capable of reaching the United States. Donald Jr. Trump, but the adult version, but acts like a junior, the president, replied in a tweet because he can't let shit go, even from a lunatic, because it takes one to know one, perhaps. I'm not trying to cast aspersions. Yes, I am. Trump tweets the following. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un just stated that the nuclear button is on his desk at all times. Will someone from his depleted and food-starved regime, Ben Glebe aside, much like my not-food-starved stomach, back to the tweet, please inform him that I, I too have a nuclear button, okay? But it is a much bigger and more powerful one than his, okay? And my button works. The OKs weren't in there, but you know they were in his head. And um, having literally a dick pissing contest with a lunatic with nuclear weapons, because you can't... They've always done threatening speeches to the, to, to the America and to America itself. Were you ever aware of foreign occurrences before you were president, or is this your first time reading the news? It's not an attack at you, Trumpy. Trumpet, President Rump. Rump shaker, I wish someone would shake some sense into your golden hair and your orange face. You're like an orange with hair upon its head. You're, you are the annoying orange. You're the, you're the original annoying orange. And uh, you can just let it go. Take that advice from Frozen, Elsa, a, a character I'd never watched. In the thing that she's in, Froze, the movie Frozen. I already said that, but I never watched it. Let it go. Just let it go. Bros of Stalin. But he won't. And so we're closer to the brink of war. I personally don't think probably that Kim Jong-un cares too much about what Donald Logue says, Donald Trump says. But you never know. I could see the guy getting mad at me. He killed his own uncle because... Because he didn't like his uncle. He doesn't like you, Trump. So if you don't want to be, like, randomly murdered with towels, maybe ratchet it back. If not for the sake of the 300 million people who you control the fates of, but just for your own self. Because he can reach you with a nuclear weapon now, too. If it landed on your head, it would mess up your hair, bro. It would mess up your hair something awful. There's something about you, baby. That makes me want to give it to you. That's not Michael Jackson singing to Naomi Campbell in a desert in black and white, but rather, or maybe a sepia tone, but rather Kim Jong-un singing that towards you, our fair leader, Donald Rump, which reminds me of a very funny Twitter account you should follow that's, that parodies Trump's actual tweets. It's a new account at the number four RL. Donald Trump. At for real Donald Trump. And that's a pretty funny account. 
So check it before you, before you, and then before you don't check it, after you don't check it, and then check it and then follow it. Caitlyn Jenner went through with it, you guys. Cut off the twig and berries. Piers Morgan reports, not in so many words. Had a contentious interview where Piers Morgan pulled out a doll of Caitlyn Jenner when she was Bruce Jenner, the Olympic winning running athlete, the decathlon athlete, and said, point out to us how your physique is different. The strange thing to say and do. And he goes, except for the obvious bits and the obvious parts. Caitlyn Jenner didn't take too kindly to that, but also did reveal that she did not even tell her own Kardashian family, in quotes, about her surgery because she was afraid they'd leak it to the press. She did not trust them. I don't know if you can blame her. But I want to know where that twig and berries is. What happened to the Jenner berries and twig? You know how much I could go for on eBay? Boku dollars. I think Boku means a lot. Could be, you know, a powerful symbol of embracing your true self. Shedding the you you no longer are. To raise money for charity. If you think the joke has made it insensitive, you hate charities. And that's on you. Puzzle of the week. A first grade teacher put on his whiteboard. To this first grade student, something kind of intense. The quote, I am the beginning of everything. The end of everywhere. I am the beginning of eternity, the end of time and space. What am I? The teacher, can you guys get listening to the podcast, guess the answer? Students were thinking some serious deep shit. Teachers wanted the answer to be the letter E. It's at the beginning and end of all of those things that is mentioned. But the first guess from one of his first grade students said death. And an odd Somber, reflective hush fell over the class, according to the story I read, the source of which I forgot to write down. And before he revealed the correct answer, to a largely unimpressed audience, because it's just a cute little trick, I would have done many of those on the idiot test if I still had the show, which I don't. We announced that last week. It's okay. It's okay. I will move on to greater things. Uh, other guesses from the class were not everything. All stuff, the end, and his favorite, nothing thing. I like nothing thing. What is inside Donald Trump's brain for 200, Alex? Lonely Goomba replied to this story, saying, How is death the beginning of everything exactly? Not realizing it was, it was a child that answered that, and you're being, you're being a dick to a child. Might as well face it, you're addicted to child. Might as well face it, you're addicted to a child. Oh, yeah. Giant ball causes standstill in central London. Twitter had all this, uh, all, a bunch of photos and videos of this on their moments tab. A giant balloon was suspended above Oxford Circus in central London, head of an art festival, because it, much like probably much things at the art festival, or just stupid, like one note, barely thought out ideas that people pass off as art. Just an inflated white balloon. It was a very windy day, 60 mile per hour winds. It was moving a lot. People were frightened. The internet was aghast, but interested, which is what the interest, internet always is, is both aghast and interested at the exact same time. El mismo tiempo. At the same time in Spanish. But it really points out one major thing this story does. 
growing at the Oxford Circus. It reminds us that British people don't, don't know what circuses are. They always have circus in the name of things. And there's no animals. And there's no Cirque du Soleil performers in, in tights doing human acrobatics, twisting themselves into ungodly shapes. Where are the naughty bits? Tell me on this doll of Bruce Jenner. But they just mean like an area where there's like stores and where a bunch of streets meet. And it's not a, it's not a, it's not a circus I'm going to pay admission to. I can assure you, I can assure you that much. Teal cheeseburgers. The NFL reports have celebrated their first NFL playoff appearance since the year 2000. Since the year 2000. The Jaguars will be serving teal colored ice cream. I'm down. Teal beer. I'm out. And teal cheeseburgers, not the meat, thank God, but the buns, teal color, dyed teal, I'm still out. Who's into that? Maybe it looks cute for a poster or an Instagram photo, but you want to eat dyed bread? I guess all bread is dyed. White bread is dyed, too. I take it back. I'm in. Sounds delicious. Breaking news coming in just now. A man chopped a huge amount of cilantro. The internet focused on this earlier today, and therefore forced me to be focused on it. Just a video with the caption saying, even if you don't like cilantro, watching and hearing Rebecca Castaneda's video of Rogelio, apparently a man who chops cilantro, chopping an outrageous amount of cilantro is oddly satisfying. And I watch it, you guys. And I got to be honest, I was pretty into it for the first 10 seconds. And then the next minute and a half, I started to Lose my focus when the man just kept turning the giant ball of lettuce-looking stuff and chopping it. And I turned the video off about one-third through. Why? Because who gives a fuck? I don't. You don't. Maybe you do. Maybe I've offended you in your cilantro-loving ways. I didn't mean to do that to you. I meant simply to be a man talking into the ears of many men and women Asking him to love, asking them to love his commentary about cilantro. And that was the original script for Notting Hill. And no one knows that. But on that note, now that you do know, because you now know, and you did, and now you do, and you will forever and forevermore, it's time to check in with the Glebe Squad. The G Squad, as Steffi Baby Named it, and I like G-Squad. Maybe hashtag G-Squad is a new nickname. Tell me your thoughts on Twitter. The Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the Brain Trust, the big Glebers in all of us, the Friends with Benefits, the Glebe Nation, the Glebe Mob. It is time for Twitter Answers. I asked you in the brain trust, describe the new year in three words. Hashtag new year in three words. Hashtag Twitter answers. Best answers always appear on this fine podcast. Bridget Woodbury, who tweets select quotes that she enjoys, live tweets the episodes of this podcast on the at last week on Earth Twitter account. Abby Woodbury says her three words to describe the new year is this is fine. It seemed Banal, but then you realize it was being said by a cartoon dog sitting in a burning house. Which Bridget well played. Seems very apropos. 
Optimist for PA Gov, our old friend John the Hologram Hollowitch, says extremely fucking cold. I heard that. I saw videos of firefighter helmets frozen solid, and then uh, apparently iguanas are falling out of the trees in Florida because when normal things happen in the rest of the world, or even extreme temperatures that we all deal with in normal ways, reptiles fall from the sky. Because Florida do what it do, and there ain't no stopping it, bro. Melody Van Villay at Melody Ann 93 says, nothing has changed. You're right about that, Melody. Nothing's changed. I expect We all expect New Year to have some significance, then Trump just tweets again, and it continues forward. Much like it was before. An eight instead of a seven, the same old shit. Donna Hanley at 333 Donna. Why, why so many threes, Donna? What's up with the threes? Says, cramming for midterms. Oh, man, I remember those days. I would only ever cram starting the night before at around 1 a.m., much like I'm recording this podcast at 2 a.m. Because I have very poor sleeping habits and poor self-discipline. Hopefully you are better than me, and your midterms are not for a week or something, and you're getting a great head start, but probably not, right? You're probably listening to this podcast right now saying, No, silly podcast host. I am not at all. <laughs> Quick pause in these three-word summaries to let you know that I'll be coming on my 2018 as-yet-unnamed tour. Please, for real, tell me on Twitter if you think the tour should be called the As Yet Unnamed Tour, the Unnamed Tour, the Laugh It Off Tour, because I like it as a name and there's a lot to laugh off. We need to. Or if I should call it the America First Tour, and have kind of a political twang to it and kind of co-opt Donald Trump's message, but take it back for rational-minded people who actually care about America First and not Russia First. Please tell me your preferred tour name on Twitter. At me. At me, bro. So I know what your answer is. So back to your new year in three words. Geraldine Dufresne. Great name. Andy Dufresne. My dear friend, Andy Dufresne. I realize it's not often in the course of a day that you look at another man's shoes. That's how my friend Andy Dufresne escaped from Shawshank Prison. Never having to suck another dick again. He also made up that lockjaw story, which certainly helped his cause. I miss my friend Andy Dufresne. I hope one day I get to visit him on the shores of the Pacific Ocean. I hope he is surrounded by freezing-ass penguins. I hope the Pacific Ocean is as blue as it has been in my dreams. I hope. Which transitions perfectly from Morgan Freeman, which I'm not even sure if I've really ever done on this podcast, but might be a new recurring character if you enjoy it. And request me via Twitter at Ben Glebe to do more of it. Perfectly transitioning to Geraldine Dufresne, whose three words to describe 2018 is still have hope. Samanda Sam Muji Coochie says shit show storm. Describes the year pretty well so far, and we're just five or six, five days in. So, way to nail it. Leah Laney 
implies let's do this. I like that positive attitude. I used to say that when contestants would come down for the final smart money round an idiot test trying to win ten grand and usually not winning. But let's remain positive. Jessica Kirsten says, but same president. I feel you, though. Chandy at the Chandy C247 says, really? Mixed emotions. I get it. My dad really wanted me to share his tweet response to this uh, question. In fact, my parents got into a fight about this because my dad said to me twice and for my mom, you're going to read my tweet on your podcast or just going to do my tweet on your podcast? Am I going to be able to do the tweet? My mom believed my dad wanted to be on the podcast reading the tweet himself. And he was like, no, but it turned out I think he did want that, which I, of course, would love to have him back. I'll have my parents back on soon, at least just my dad. I think my mom maybe doesn't love doing the podcast. She's more of a private person. I know you guys love her, so it's, uh, I'm torn about that as well. Tweet her that you want her to come and see what she says. But um, my dad made this big thing about wanting to share the wisdom of history words. He did not tweet it. I checked his Twitter. His at replies, at Nate Dog Dodger, did not tweet it. Somehow my dad does stuff on the internet. And tells me to find them, and often they're not there. His fathers do that. I get it. And Paul Rogers at Wittering Paul to end up our Twitter round here. His three words to sum up 2018 so far Trump's massive button. I feel you, dog. I feel you. So, what we're going to do now is we're going to shift to the one big in depth political story. Not going to be a thunder round today. I'm just going to shift to a pre recorded, and I apologize. Worse quality, because this podcast so far has been brought to you, my brand new Zoom recorder, I got a super fancy, I'm stepping it back up into like super pro land, recording on a beautiful Sennheiser mic into a Zoom recorder, uh, giving you top-notch audio for your ears. But sometimes I will still, because I want the podcast to be dynamic and mobile and on the running gun, and I'd rather have good content than good sound quality. And you can hear stuff just like phone calls in your ears, no problems. You got stuff in your ears, you can hear it close up, far away, it's fine. Ben Morrison, at Ben the Morrison, you guys know him and love him, most frequent guest on my podcast for the last six years. I picked up a cable for this equipment at his apartment yesterday, got in my car, and we started talking about the big story that I have not yet covered, so I will just end with this, maybe I think 17 or 18 minute recording or so of Ben and I, him filling me in on uh, uh, part of the internet's reaction on Breitbart actually about this. Let me just set the stage if you didn't hear the big story. Politically, that could be starting to be further towards the unwinding of Trump is a book's coming out called Fire and Fury, detailing the complete, utter fucking chaos of Trump's presidency and his campaign. A supposedly treasonous meeting, as Steve Bannon put it, that Trump Jr. and Manafort and Kushner, Jared Kushner, had Jared, as he liked to be called in high school probably, uh, had with Russian people from the Russian government in Trump Tower a couple of weeks before uh, or towards the end of the campaign. So A, that's super dumb. Um, B, treasonous, I agree. C, uh, also said that he doesn't, the book says that Bannon doesn't think Trump will make it, two-thirds chance he won't make it to the end of his first term. Love that prediction. Like the odds. I'll take that bet in Vegas. Um. But Trump flipped the fuck out, as did Junior on Twitter, immediately saying, cutting all ties with Bannon, saying Bannon lost his mind when he lost his job at the White House. 
saying he never was that big of a part of the campaign, never was, even though I called him CEO of the campaign, which at the time was weird, and I commented on this podcast that shouldn't you be the CEO because you're the president or wanting to be the president, but no, gave the CEO the literally the top role to somebody else. So the CEO of your campaign, not that involved. Whereas Bannon takes all the credit and says the campaign was losing bad. He came in, it was a broke dick campaign, Bannon says. And within one day, he figured out how to crack the code and win the election for Trump. Something that the book also says Trump did not want, did not expect. We've covered that in the podcast. You can see this from the photos. Trump looked dumbfounded, utterly gobsmacked that he was going to be president now. And just stared at the returns like, oh, shit, what have I done? I am an orange fool. I have to now be the president, president of all orange and whites only. <clears throat> Pardon the sneeze, second week in a row on this podcast, and I shouldn't do that to you. I sneezed away from the mic. You should be okay. You can't catch it through your ears, obviously, and it's not. It's just an allergic sneeze. It's not, I'm not sick. I feel great. I don't know. Don't I sound good? I hope that you sound as good as Andy Dufresne looks in my dreams. Um. So that's basically the rundown story. But this book's coming out with lots of evidence that Trump's White House is chaotic, that Trump, they say, is barely literate. Many of his advisors think he's barely literate and or dyslexic and or literally doesn't care, doesn't listen, doesn't read, all about TV. Literally only listens for very short periods of time. During the campaign, one of his aides had to come to him to explain the Constitution to him. And during the Fourth Amendment, Trump's attention started to wander. There's like 30 amendments. And uh, he retires to his bedroom every night around 6.30 p.m., putting in a solid medium-length day's work for running the fucking world into the ground. And eats a cheeseburger, talks to his other billionaire friends on the phone, and has three TVs on where he watches coverage of himself incessantly and then sleeps on it. After a good night's sleep, wakes up and angrily tweets, probably from the bathroom. It's a sad existence, and he controls all of us. We must end this. Resist. And I'm fair to Trump. Oftentimes in this podcast, I like some of his ideas. I think he's been good for the economy. Despite that, though, he's unraveling the very nature of our democracy. He's sowing doubt in our elections, our media, the very concept of facts, our judiciary, our intelligence agencies, and sides with Russia and says they're fine and good and didn't meddle when they obviously did and every intelligence agency says that they did, which is literally the definition of treason. Supporting, giving comfort to our enemies at the cost of our own country. And he's doing that. So despite the economy being good, which I appreciate, until we get him out of there, I'd like the economy to stay good and even through it. It would dip on the when the impeachment happens, but it'll come right back up once we have semblance of normalcy again and no madman at our helm. But despite the good moments, gotta get him the fuck out so soon. So that's the story. But the internet blew up on Breitbart.com. They covered the story barely, as Ben will explain. And it seems to be a one of the first big splinterings here in the Republican Party. Ben will dive into it. I will ask questions. He will cut me off as he sometimes does. I'll have a talk with him about that. Don't worry. I, of course, also criticize him for being too loud during this recording as well. Because his voice resonates and he turns it up a notch when that, once that recording starts. 
His voice, I believe, is 17 to 19 times louder than mine, but it's fine. I played it back. It doesn't sound as bad as I as it sounds to me live in a closed car chamber. But he's got some good political insights here that I think will be hopeful, interesting, intriguing, and that will end the podcast. So I won't even end it saying my normal until last week, next week. This has been Last Week on Earth. I said it now, thank God. I know you can't go to sleep without it or, or continue on the train or at the office with one earbud in it pretending you're working, whichever way you do your pods. But I'm going to play that right now. I bid you all a wonderful day. You'll enjoy the rest of this recording. This podcast will be about 55 minutes. 54, 53 maybe? 52? It doesn't matter. You can look at the number on your phone. I'm not a clock. I know you've wanted me to be. But I refuse. Oh, I forgot to mention. I started talking about some, but my stand-up tour is coming to Tampa. June 11 through 14. January 11 through 14. Much sooner than that. Much sooner than June. Then Tahoe, the next weekend. Wednesday through Sunday. Then Chicago, the 24th through 27th. At Zany's on Wells Street. And a bunch of other cities. Get tickets to all of them at benglebe.com. Peruse the dates. Buy tickets through the website. Follow me on Instagram. And God bless you. So I haven't even divin, divin, dove, dived into it. <laughs> I swear my language week by week gets worse. I've not dived into the Trump uh, Bannon thing today yet. I plan to go home, prepare for the podcast, read all the news, develop my thoughts, and then record. But I just picked up an audio cable for the podcast from Ben the Morrison at You're Ben the Morrison on Twitter. Your favorite the favorite guest on this podcast ever, and we're in the car in front of his apartment, and he wanted to tell me his thoughts on it. Please. Well, I think it's, it's actually, this is actually a good thing for me to comment on today, because at, at uh, the writing gig I had, the boss was out, and there was just nothing to do. So I literally, I dove in pretty hard to <laughs> to this news. And, uh, and of dive course... In, it's diving in. I dive in. I drive in. I drove headfirst. Drove headfirst. Into uh, an internet rabbit hole with this. Um, you know, and of course like trump's like thrashing response of like i don't think they're, they're gonna patch it up after trump's response <laughs> i think it's on um and what i did what do you is, mean his uh, response saying bannon lost his mind he's crazy oh my god i mean the, the most offensive thing ever the whole statement every last paragraph was just slashing and burning any hope that they're they could just say oh we got taken out of context the book is a the thing that the thing that really jumped out at me is that these are excerpts from a book right and every time any media thing ever about Trump ever comes out, he just claims fake news right. and it largely goes away. But instead of doing that for this fucking book, he completely, he takes the bait like a, like a, he, he doubles down but on But there response. is no book. What, yeah, wouldn't it be funny if there was amazing. no book? Amazing. It'd be so great. But, uh, and the thing is, is from what I understand, this interview was given a, a relatively long time ago, right? I heard on, you know, a news commentator say it was back in the Wild West when people were getting access left and right and everyone was being interviewed about this crazy time. These aren't recent comments. Not, not, they're not, they're not recent e comments, right? So. Why are you shouting? You're shouting so loud. This is a microphone. It picks up voices. I'm, uh, yeah, my so voice. Loud. I'm afraid that I need to, like, pull You're it. not going to peek. You can see the waveform on your phone. See? Yeah, look how high that waveform no. is. Look at, yeah, you are peeking. I'm not peeking. You're hitting the top. You just peeked right there. No, I didn't. Yeah? At the waveform. <laughs> okay, so, Bannon could have just said, I was, this, this, this is complete fake news. This were over a year ago. Trump could have said fake news over a year ago, and this whole thing would have gone away. But, this wasn't a Bannon statement today. These are excerpts from a book from an interview from probably, like, you know, like, seven or eight months ago and trump went ballistic and what i did is i went to breitbart because i wanted to see if they would even be reporting on it 
and they were, but it was like, you know, they have big headline with picture, two smaller headlines with pictures, and then, you know, text blips on, on the right. right, and it was number third, it was the third one down, Trump re- responds to Bannon, right, and the whole thing was like two or three paragraphs, but they actually did have Trump's whole response in it, right, but the entire article itself was short. And the comment. Do you know how many comments there were? And this was what around. Saying. There were around. Th- this was around 3 p.m. today, right? This was a buried article on Breitbart about this subject. You know how many comments there were by 3 p.m.? Twenty-five thousand comments. Wow! Did you read it them? It was fascinating. Well, I mean, clearly that's a lot of comments. But the thing that blew me away the most, and I think you know, people who are hearing this, the, it's probably still up there. And I would, I, you have to go check this out because half the people. Well, okay, forty percent of the people were Trumpsters, maybe 50, 30 percent were diehard Bannonites, and they were going at it. It was like witnessing a, uh, um, it was like witnessing like a, like a, a den of thieves, like, you know, little disagreement over who gets, you know, the silver ring turns into a complete one-on-one brawl. And, and then the other 10 percent were liberals like me who were just eating it up. <laughs> okay, so what were they saying? They were calling each other cucks. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. What they, is this cuck thing? I, I really never understood the cuck thing. I guess it's a cuckold where you're a man Making who... Making somebody watch somebody get fucked? Yeah, I guess that... I guess that... that what, I guess well, I, I know exactly. <laughs> I guess what, the, the liberals... The, uh, we're, the cuck, we're the cucks? Like, we like watching... Uh, I, don't, I don't know who's getting fucked in the cuck buck. But the point is... The Trumpers were saying literally stuff like... It's my favorite video game as a kid, Cuck Hunter. You go at the... You, you Cuck Hunt? It shipped with the original Nintendo. Two rifles at the arcade. <laughs> you just point... There's a guy who... Is, the embarrassed uh, dog was the one who was the cuck in that situation. <laughs> 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 that would be a really good idea for something. Cuck Hunt? <laughs> and the dog is like a guy. Like Anyway. Um, so the Trumpers were... I mean, they're just, they're on some crazy, like, literally they were saying, one guy was like, he's the best president ever, uh, second only to George Washington, and then even maybe not, da-da-da. Oh, my God. And then Trump is running the country the MAGA way, like, Bannon always thought he was more than he was, Bannon has no agenda, Trump is, you know, essentially God, uh, literally just best president ever, no one's ever better than Trump, yeah. MAGA, 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 MAGA. And the Bannonites, who, admittedly like Bannon, I think were a little more informed, still evil, but reserved, we're making points like Bannon's the only reason that Trump ever got elected. Um, Bannon but or- uh, what are they saying about the content? Is this treason? Is this going to be Trump's downfall? Are people afraid? Are the Trumpites afraid? Are oh no, they were they weren't talking about whether it's treason or not. It was just all of the, it was more of our stupid culture that only comments on the the uh, on the yes, commenting. Yes, yes, but hear me out. There's no more content. Would you hear me out? In a time when content is king, it seems as though we gloss over the content and go right to the comments. Hearing the alt-right... I'm hearing you out, but we're six minutes in. You haven't said anything yet. Or maybe you just haven't listened. What have you said? That they just fought a lot. You watched a bunch of fights between Bannon people and Trump people. Right. It was the first time I'd really ever seen that happen. Because say what you will about the right, they have message unity. And they have parity among their believers. This... I think is going to be a cataclysmic rift. Got it. I take it back. You said something very powerful. You said that it's a cataclysmic rift, and now the already small 
thirty percent. Oh, it's now fifteen and fifteen. Literally thirty seconds ago, you you blew up at me because I wasn't I was saying nothing of substance. I never said that. And then I never said that. We have the tape. You go to where I'm peeking, and now. Anyway, but the point is, <laughs> I think this is going to be a huge rift. I'm sorry I said that. This the, is very uh, interesting. I think it's going to be a. You're welcome. I think it's going to be a giant. This is going to be such a big rift in in the right because the right is a lot like you know like gangs in New York, right? When you know three of like the Daniel Big Mustache when they team up to take over a neighborhood, they all have separate agendas and they're all kind of evil in the same way, but they band together. They need to stay in lockstep because they're all they're all duplicitous people. You know what I'm saying? And he was one wing of that, almost even the more extreme wing of that. And he did really build the architecture that got Trump where he was. The New Yorker magazine article on how Trump never wanted to get elected. Also a fascinating read. I don't know about that. Is that new? Yeah, it's new. It doesn't really say anything new necessarily, but well, it's I never really... knew he did. I never officially. I oh, always yeah. thought he didn't want to get elected. But I, I always did too. He never wanted to be president. He wanted Trump. But this, he, this has proof that he, he wanted, didn't? He wanted to. No, there's no proof. It's just reporting. It's not a quote from him or anything. No, off there, the record. there would be no quote. Well, off the record, somebody. But it's a lot of witness. You know, like I said, it's nothing new, but it paints a very, you know what, that really would make sense if that was true picture of the man that Trump was going into the presidency and his plans essentially being that he'd lose to Crooked Hillary, could be a martyr to her. He was the famous man in the world and then could launch Trump TV because Murdoch has always been an idol of his. And imagine that would be his next big real estate would be our TVs. And all of that got fucked when he won. Now, that win was based on the rage, the rage voters, supporters of Bannon, who went out to vote for Trump. And don't forget, Trump only lost, he won by 70, it's either, it's between, I forget the number, it's either 70 or 77,000 votes, but split between three states. Like, this could not have been more down to the I think wire. 70,000 votes. Split I think. between three states, right. electoral college and I'd like vote. to further apologize when I said you said nothing. You said something so important. So, you real, the real message is here not only is it a rift in this already only 30% that's now 15 and 15, but it's like the more vocal, powerful, passionate side of it, which is Bannon's side, which is the ones that really mobilized. Yeah. So, Trump might have just lost the most important part of his base. Uh, you, literally, yes. When I saw that statement, I my my jaw hit the floor because I wouldn't say it's 15-15, honestly. I would say it's more like 22 and then 8% because those 20, 8% on Trump's side? 8% on Bannon's side. Because oh. those 22, you know, those Trump right, supporters right. are still all about Trump. They, right. they see him as like some sort of God. They really do. You know, and I've read the comments on, on a, a, a thread on the Donald, the Reddit forum on his, you know, nuclear n- n- um, uh, button size thing. And they were losing their minds. They were saying, oh, Trump's the best shit poster ever. Ha ha ha. It's going to drive the libtards crazy. And they are not able to think in the context of he is taunting a man with a nuclear weapon. Um, so that having been said, they still deified Trump in in almost in a way that you you kind of can't like you can't deprogram them. Bannon people, I think they at least have well reasoned uh, intentions for why they're evil. Um, I shouldn't say that they're not evil, but they I think they're a little more informed than the people who just blindly follow the idea of Donald Trump. However, they are evil smart. Um, and they were the hardcore people that did believe that Donald Trump was going to be the guy that, in Bannon's word, would bring down the entire establishment, right? That's what Bannon's been always been about. Bannon has wanted to the fourth turning, the yeah. fourth turning of, 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 of history and wanting to explode the whole system and start from scratch. Trump, Trump got elected by employing the services of a bomb maker and then brought him into the White House and he expected more bombs to be made as they both expected this insane agenda of wall building, um, uh, 
you know, immigration the, save, shuts down. Save the cheerleader, save the world. Heroes. Right. Yes, you're lucky I watched season one of that a long I'm, I'm time so ago. lucky. Now, the problem is, is that Bannon didn't, Trump had to become establishment because you just can't, you can't exist on, you know, Tasmanian devil cuckoo crazy. You have to at least appear like you're a presidency. And he began bringing in all the well-established people that would, you know, knew, would, would offer their services because then it'd be a perfect time to get all their dirty work done. I mean, medium establishment. You're like, right. Actually, he's got yeah, some like pretty B, fringe B, folks. B tier people at like, you know, the pub outside of DC. But the point is, I mean, like, uh, H.R. Nigel Master, uh, what's his name? Little Daffy Lock guy. Um, Sessions? No, 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 no. Flip him, our national security advisor. No, that's McMaster. Um, no, you know what I'm talking about. Talks with the worst list that I have. I think everything's going fine on the international stage. Little Daffy Duck Jr. there. You know what I'm talking about. Why am I blanking on his name? You know what I'm talking about. Come on, bro. Well, don't let me take your train of thought away so solidly, but as I Google Trump cabinet, you can continue talking. <laughs> Once he pushed Bannon out, he thought essentially Bannon was dealt with, right? Yeah. Bannon went back to Breitbart and continued, continued basically feeding the trolls that got Trump elected, right? But now that this rift has become so apparent and Trump destroyed any idea that there is any sort of friendship or collaboration. This dude. Oh. What's his name? I don't know. Oh, come on. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? There they are. Nope. Oh, my God. What a, now I have to probably edit this out. Shit. <laughs> Why did I do that? Well, now you have an audio cable to do it with. I don't even know how to edit in this new situation. What is his name? Oh, James Mattis. Defense Secretary. Ah. Uh. I'm James Mattis, and I believe everything's going to be just fine. Okay, so as this rift continues to grow, and it will, because there's the, after Trump's response, there's no repairing. Like, it's clear that Trump was so... He went primal when Bannon went after his kid. Right. He went primal in a way that wouldn't allow any repairing of... A relationship between Bannon's base and Trump's base. But here's, I mean, I guess the part I just still can never wrap my head around because I'm just a rational person much more than an emotional person. I don't get how the people that su support Trump don't have any memory that they can't remember that even after Trump got rid of Bannon from the White House, he went everywhere and said, Bannon's a good guy. I like Steve a lot. He's a good guy. Okay. So then how come when, so they, when now he says he lost his mind, he lost his mind a long time ago, look, look, how come they don't have a cognitive dissonance? Right. Here's the thing. Forget the people who support Trump. I'm just asking, how come they don't? I know I'm not trying to convince their minds anymore, but how come they don't? It's like, it's like, it's, 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 it's like trying to find the, the actual reason that a cat walks across the room. You know what I'm saying? There is none, you know, and, but to them there is, and you, they, in their mind, they would never even bother attempting to explain to you why that, like, w these weekly, um, you know, uh, sky is falling level things from Trump that are just now normal, uh, aren't a big deal, you know? Just let them go, okay? All we can do, right, is plan to get involved in the midterms like we've never election did before, okay? Good reason to That's all peak. we peaks in the recording. I think that's a good... Always, you can edit it out. It's fine. It's not that bad. My guy's no, a great you were, microphone. You were better there. The point is, all that we can do, right, is get involved in the midterms like we've never got 
involved before, because if we don't flip Congress, there's no real chance of impeaching Right. Homeboy. But if we do, we can totally impeach him, right? I didn't even, I haven't even been focused on that thought. That's not only to stop his agenda. I haven't even realized that thought stupidly. If we take control of both houses, we can just immediately start impeachment proceedings. Yes. And we would get the votes. Yes. And he'd be out. And that would have to like, happen. Like pretty much that easy, right? Uh, we have all the evidence we need. He can't be convicted of a crime if he's still the president. He needs to be impeached first. Now, to the people listening. You can't be convicted of treason as president? We got to think in terms of one year from now. He's guilty of treason. Not what? Yeah, not one month from now, right? Step one is begin flipping seats to Dems. The, 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 the grand you know, prize being the midterm elections where we actually could flip Congress. Because if we flip Congress, we can un-gerrymander these goddamn states and actually get some actual representation, right? Their entire system right now is based on unity among Republicans. If we see that cracking and Dems slash independents can actually start unfucking a lot, some of the things that, that they did, we need to do that. But to do that, we need to flip Congress. And why do you think, and so hopefully what will eventually then happen, once that certain crack starts to happen, then the spineless Republican leadership will then also turn on Trump because they're yeah. standing by him for every single thing that he does. They are mucho spineless. And keep in mind, they but, got... But once they see the cracks, they're going to be like, well, if we're going to lose, we may as well leave now. Like kind of like what happened with, with Al Franken. It's like once everybody huh. got on board, then they're like, well, we may once as well be on the right comes side on, of the story. Once word comes down from the top, they'll follow the orders. But keep in mind, they got their tax cuts. They don't need him anymore. Right. What is he going to do for them? Build a wall? They don't want the They don't want the fucking wall. Right. What is he going to do for them? Make immigration illegal? They can't do that, and they don't want it. What they want is to continue building their businesses and not giving as much money as possible to the government, and they got it. So they don't, what, what do they need him for anymore? So then why don't, didn't, why don't ever, so hope, I mean, I'm not going to say why I didn't. I'm going to try to be positive and think to the future. Hopefully now everybody will be turning forward towards both sides of, of our political spectrum will be turning forward to abandon supporting this lunatic. He's well, a lunatic. If you, but, uh, he said in the interview the other day to the New York Times interview, he said that he was treated better than any guest in the history of in China. The history of China, yes, I saw that. China's one of the oldest civilizations we've got. Here's my point: Imagine a Roman Senate, right? And a mad king. Takes oh, I, the, oh, I do all the time. A mad king takes the throne under dubious circumstances. I'm listening. Uh, with the aid of his very shady advisor who no one likes or trusts or really knows. The senators, having been in the Senate for a long time, watch this all unfold, and they support it because, for the most part, he's sticking to what their agenda is. He's crazy, and they deal with this fallout, but their job is to still get what they need done in the Senate done. All of a sudden, he begins to go a little crazier. They get the one gigantic thing they need him to sign off on done, which you know keeps them as senators for a very long time. And then they all witness the Mad King have a huge public fallout with his shady advisor, right? When you see a, a, a schism like that at the top of someone that you don't like or trust anyway, but you're using him and you're done using him, I can't wait to see what, what's going to happen, honestly. Now, we need to let that... And what's so interesting there, too, is I even wonder... If that was maybe even planned, right? What? Like the timing of all of that. Like, as, like we're gonna pivot to 
be veiled on on our mm-hmm. on our old uh, the first pet project of after of tax cuts revealing these excerpts. of repealing Obamacare. So we moved on to our big project, taxes. Mm-hmm. We get our taxing through the next day excerpts way in advance of a book come out. Like who's even going to read the book now if the things all <laughs> blows up? Excerpt and all of us. If we'll see what happens if tomorrow. Any Republican leadership starts, or Republicans in Congress at all start turning on Trump, it's, this will be the end. Maybe even before the midterms. It's the beginning of something, man. But all we can do. Do you predict that it's the beginning of the end before the midterms, or we're going to have to wait till we flip Congress? No, I think this is going to be a long process. I mean, keep in mind it took years to take down Nixon, and he was a lot smarter than this guy. And his right. his his so hastily easier to take down, his hastily put together administration. It's easier to take down a less smart person. Yes, but. It, they need they need real proof. I've done it many times before, Ben. There you go. And Mueller is very from from what everyone has seen is very very. Um, it's systematic. Mueller time. It's Mueller time. So, but I mean, again, at least as far as my my journey in the backseat of observing this whole thing, diving into the Breitbart comments and see those those two sides beginning to really snipe at each other was very telling to me. Was very telling to me, and. We need to let them continue to melt down because, you know, mutinies happen. I'm not, I'm not gonna stop it, baby. Uh, apparently, Trump resigned is trending on Twitter right now. Uh-huh. Um, anything happened in the worlds of pop culture or frivolity this week that you want to comment on before I drive myself home? Oh, uh, what things I'm doing? Nope, pop culture and frivolity. Or sure, first plug anything you'd like to plug. Honestly, does anyone care about pop culture anymore with the way the world is? Not like, really. I just don't. The best uh, tweet. To that and with Kamal had this great tweet. I don't even exactly know what he's referring to, but I guess I this is his point. I peripherally heard something. He's like, I literally am getting so much joy from the fact that like in the last couple of weeks, the government literally said there are UFOs. Here's a video of them. And we're like, we don't have time for this right now. We gotta <laughs> focus on some serious shit. Didn't that kind of happen? There was like That's some bad, yeah. video, of some thing, and some the government admitted they've been monitoring some shit. Like I don't even know what the fuck. Aliens are here, and we're like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. Get back to it, bro. Yeah, I listened to a, a, a thing on Vox today about something called the Overton Effect. Which Rick is, Overton. Yeah, the only reason I remember the name it's is I'm Rick like, Overton. oh, I know about that same name. Where it's like, where you normalize insane things. Trump bans all Im- immigrants. Trump supports Nazis. And then news that is like the uh, Republican tax cuts uh, are, are a plan to give money to the rich to the poor. And you're like, well, that's not news. Right. When in truth, like, that's the biggest news. I right. Mean, that, that's trillions of dollars. of it. But once you normalize just bananas, cuckoo news every day, and then that becomes normal, the things that are really important seem very trivial, and then they get passed well, over. That's been Trump's strategy from, from the very beginning. Whole M.O., but... Keep in mind, man, his entire cabinet, it's a den of thieves. They all hopped in there. At the last minute, he didn't have an administration put together. He wasn't planning on being the president. So imagine you assemble a bunch of people in the course of... And Carson ended up being housing and human services. He specifically said, I don't want this job. Don't offer me this job. I'm a surgeon. I know nothing about this. I don't want this. He doesn't know how to speak. His eyes are closed when he speaks. He literally speaks at a pace like this, at a more lethargic and clueless pace than Garth Garth from Wayne's World. Oops, Perry is now the head of the department. His last gig was Dancing with the Stars. Yes! These guys are morons. 
I'm sure they're all very talented to have gotten where they are, but the point is, they rent, talented they, morons. They duct tape together an administration in the course of a couple months, and whatever happens, it is not parody amongst all parties. Parody, not parody. Parody. It is with parody an R, with an I. It is parody. It is not parody. I meant parody, meaning lockstep communication. Just, every time you're saying it, it sounds like both words. You're not making it clear enunciation wise. I think honestly, you could uh, use both of those. No, it is parody, and it's not parity, meaning equality. So they're not—they're not a bunch of geniuses over there. Yes, is what I meant. Both I of know those. What you meant. Both of those. All right, I gotta go finish taking down my Christmas tree. Shalom. I'm excited for you that you've got a real tree in your house. Smells like pine for another five minutes. It'll probably smell like pine for a couple of days because those needles are gonna be a real pain in the ass. Yep, go. fake tree is the way to go. My first year, but I'm, I'm not expert. I know what I'm, I'm talking about. Fake tree. Hmm, okay, then keep complaining about your bullshit pine needles. Good luck getting pine needles up your bottom when you're doing your meditation in that area tomorrow. It's in a, it's in a different it's in a different. Uh, well, you can say that to yourself. Room. We don't know that. And I have a nice, I have a Dyson or a Dyson back. It does a very good People job. People are, I think Dyson's cocky and he needs to tone it down. I've always believed that, and you'd have to. I got mine on Craigslist. Use Dyson? Does it work? Mm-hmm. Very well. Works very well. How did you know? Did you test it out in the place when you picked it up? No, no, I literally at the you time. You took it on faith. I did. I mean, I looked it up online. I saw what I was buying. And then the you didn't bottom. have them turn it on even first. No, you didn't plug it in and turn it on. No, I didn't. Check if that baby could suck. I trusted that it, uh, I, I I trust in the suck. I suck trust. That is beautiful. I don't have that kind of faith in humanity. I would have tried every apparatus before taking it home. How much you pay for it? Yeah, it was like she paid more than twelve dollars. I would have tried every plug. Two and change or something. Two hundred dollars? It's a Dyson for man. a used vacuum cleaner? It's not a vacuum cleaner. What does this thing do? Suck your dick? <laughs> the fuck does it do? I'm Dyson and my new vacuum cleaner will suck your dick with the <laughs> suction power of three hundred horses. Dude, I'm the go with one horsepower on the on, on the old blowjob. I think it's really funny how I used to be the dirty one on the podcast. Listen, times change, man. Yes, they do. There is no parity when it comes to that anymore. Let's hang out this weekend. Enjoy those audio cables. I would love it. Thank you, buddy. Bye. On Earth. Last week on Earth. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com.